Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ari Harris. I am a certified professional dog trainer, and I have been training dogs professionally for the last 10 years. And here we are on episode 200 and something of the podcast. I am so grateful for all of you tuning in every week. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about dogs that are too food motivated. <laughs> but before we jump into that, I want to just kind of fill you on what's fill you in on what's been happening. So if you listen to um, the episode about life with one dog, you heard me talk about how I'm just kind of leaning into having one dog and a little bit more free time. Um, in that free time, I've been doing a lot of adventuring. It is spring in Colorado. It is beautiful. The wildflowers are starting to bloom. So I'm getting my adventure fill. Um, I'm also spending some time on my continued education. Um, as a trainer, I like to stay up to date on the research, what's happening in the dog training world. So I've been doing some virtual conferences. So that has been really fun to, um, pique my interest in dog training and, and always being learning. And, Waylon is just his happy little self. He just loves being an only dog. So I hope that you all are well wherever you are. If it is spring where you are, I hope you are soaking up the sunshine and all of the flowers. Um, if you are new to the podcast and you don't already follow me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you may have missed out on the fact that we have a free adventure dog mini course where we share some of our favorite adventure dog training skills. We take you on our winter hike with us and it's really, really fun. So you can join that for free by going to the website. I also have an Instagram account um, at Adventure Dog Academy and I've been sharing lots of tips and tricks over there. But do me a favor, if you are adventuring with your dogs and you are seeing wildflowers, can you pretty please take a picture of your dog near the wildflowers for me and tag Adventure Dog Academy. I just love wildflower season. And then you put a happy dog adventuring in there. It just brings my heart so much joy. So tag us over there. So today's episode is actually from a listener submitted question. Um, so Bianca says, how to deal with food crazy dogs? My one dog goes so psycho whenever someone has treats food for him or another dog. Just wondering if there's any way to deal with this. It seems impossible to train as I assume his mind is just treat, 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 treat with no calming down until the food is gone. Okay, so Bianca, thank you so much. This is such a good topic. I'm really excited to talk about this today. So um, if you have a dog who is crazy about food and maybe we could categorize them as too food motivated. You are not alone. In all of my years doing this, I have come across many shapes, sizes, breeds, ages of dogs who 
are what I would consider maybe a little too food motivated. So um, I want to give you some tangible things to think about, right? And some strategies you can implement to get a little bit of a grip on that. So when we're looking at the dog who is too food motivated, I want to rule out a couple of things before my suggestions will be applicable. So one, I want to make sure that the dog is not desperately hungry. Okay, so like if you have a new rescue dog who's really lean, maybe you have a dog who's been sick and they're really lean and you can tell that they are just ravenous, maybe they're on steroids and that's making them really hungry. We need to make sure that our dogs are getting enough food first, okay? Just like enough of their nutritionally balanced meals. We got to make sure that that is stable first, okay? So um, we got to make sure that our dog's nutritional needs are being met so that they're not so desperate for the food, okay? So I just want that to be a little bit of a caveat that we really need to make sure that our dogs are not desperate for food and that's leading to them being too food motivated and making training really challenging, okay? So I know that there are trainers out in the world who will suggest that the dog work for everything. They get nothing for free. They get no food for free. And if you have a dog who is too food motivated, that's just going to make things worse. That is never my advice for any dog to like restrict access to food and they only get it if they're working. But um, just so you know, that is not going to be a good plan for your dog who is maybe too food motivated. That's probably just going to make it worse and they're going to be more desperate. Something else I also want to look at is just making sure that the dog being too food motivated isn't coming from an anxious, frantic headspace. Okay, so um, I've worked with a lot of dogs who we could have labeled too food motivated, but there was so much more going on, right? Like the dog was like really actually quite anxious and insecure when there was food around. It created a lot of turmoil for them. So um, if that's happening, you're going to need to work with a trainer who can help you unpack that and kind of address that. So just those two caveats. But I think outside of that, for the most part, we make sure the dog isn't like starving. They're not desperate for food. They're not terribly like frantic or overly anxious. Then we kind of get to some of the things that we can experiment with and see how it goes. So when it comes to dogs who are crazy food motivated. I definitely want to make sure that when I am doing training with them, they are satiated. Meaning I'm probably going to be doing training sessions post meal. Okay. So I'm going to set it up so that my dog already has some food in their stomach. They're not super desperately hungry so that when I go to do the training session, hopefully I'm not getting any of this like desperation, frantic behavior that is really challenging. Okay. So if you have a dog who is super duper food motivated, doing structured training sessions are probably going to be more beneficial if that happens after the meal or meals that they've had for the day. Um, and something else that I think is unique to dogs who are like really, really food motivated is that you probably don't need to use really high value treats. Okay. So if you have a dog who is like super duper food motivated, you probably should be using like low medium level treats. I probably would not be using like high value treats and like 
a structured training session because that probably is just going to elicit a little bit more of the desperation that we want from them. So training with the dog after they've already eaten and using lower or medium value treats is probably going to put your dog in a headspace where it's much easier to kind of make the momentum in the training exercise that you were after. Something else that's really important when it comes to dogs who are super duper food motivated is that you need to make sure that your criteria is clear and you are doing a good job of conveying to the dog what they can do to access reinforcement. Dogs who are really, really food motivated, if they do not have clear criteria, that is when they're going to start showing you frustrated behaviors right? So some dogs that may be barking, some dogs that may be jumping, some dogs that may be like showing you 30 tricks in a row that they know and hopes that they can get the reinforcement. So some of that is definitely up to you. You have to make sure that your criteria is clean and the dog can actually understand what you want. If the dog, your dog, who is too food motivated, is taking the treats really, really hard out of your hand In the short term, my suggestion would be to just change up how you deliver food reinforcements and just toss them on the ground or feed them open hand just to protect your little fingers. But outside of that, I do think that there can be a lot of benefit in coming up with more of a protocol for how we can get your dog to take the treats out of your hands a little bit nicer. That's going to be really dog specific. So that's something you're going to want to work one-on-one with a trainer for. But I think like, you know, to kind of skip over that until you have a chance to work with the trainer, you can just do open hand feeding or tossing treats onto the ground. Okay. So I think that outside of like a a training exercise, like you're working on a trick or you're doing something like that, um, I think that you want to be really thoughtful about (laughs) making sure that your dog understands what to do around food, even if it's not a training exercise. So I'm really thinking more outside the scope of like a training session and more the like, okay, There are people at your house and everyone is eating and it isn't about the dogs, okay? So that's something that if you have a dog who is too food motivated, that's a dog that I probably would not be sharing food from the table, okay? And like, to be clear, I share food with Waylon when I'm eating almost every time that I eat, (laughs) Okay, but that's because Waylon has a lot of understanding of what to do while I'm eating and it isn't spiraling into like unwanted, like frantic behaviors. Okay, but if Waylon was different and if Waylon was a dog who I considered too food motivated, I would not be feeding him from the table because that's going to be creating behaviors that are going to spiral that are not going to spiral in the direction that you want them to. So I think just being really clear with dogs who are too food motivated that when you are eating, other people are eating, they, there's nothing reinforcing about that for them, right? Like, yes, it may smell good, but no one is going to share with them. This isn't relevant to them. So I think with dogs who are too food motivated, you have to just be a little bit more clear with them about when there's food involved and they're not going to get any reinforcement, you're not going to do any training, you make it really boring for them. 
so that we don't kind of get ourselves in this pattern of like you sit down to eat and then the dog barks at you relentlessly for like 15 minutes until you finally give in and share with them. Okay. So I think just being really clear that there's no access to food would be like my baseline for dogs who are too food motivated. If it's too late and you can't do that and you're already kind of in this pattern of the dog being overly interested in food no matter what, definitely teaching a behavior that is acceptable from your perspective that you would like the dog to do when you are eating. So something that I basically have reinforced Waylon's whole life is a relax down while I'm eating. And that is generalized beautifully. He does it basically anywhere, right? If I am eating, he knows just to lay down and just kind of chill because I will likely feed him and share with him. So that's a behavior that I think you can work on twofold. One, you could be thinking about like, what do you want that alternative behavior to be? Like I said, for Waylon, it's just a nice, calm, relaxed down at my feet. You want them to go to a specific location. This is really up to you. You got to think about it's going to be like the most realistic in your life and your lifestyle. But I would work on building that behavior to fluency, meaning the dog can maintain the behavior for quite a bit of duration without reinforcement. So we prevent the dog from getting frustrated and jumping or barking or, you know, cue whatever other frustrated behavior might come up if the dog doesn't understand how it works when you are eating or you have food. Right. So I think that the the dogs that are overly food motivated, it does require a little bit more diligence and consistency from the human end so that there's not frustration (laughs) building for either of you. Um, I think that dogs that are too (laughs) food motivated are awesome in so many ways, though, because just having treats on you. And distracting environments can make them just as a baseline more motivated to pay attention to you because food does have so much value, although you're in a distracting environment. So while there are definitely like caveats to having a dog who is like super duper food motivated, there are also some really cool advantages to that too. I didn't realize like how food motivated Tiva was over the years like I never would have labeled her like too food motivated but once Waylon started coming into my life like Waylon likes food but he is not nearly as motivated as her and I tell you what she was a hell of a lot easier to train than he was so there are definitely advantages to having a dog who is quote unquote too food motivated but you do have to be just a little bit more careful and thoughtful about like procedures and how you're going to handle situations around food I think if you live in a house, a multi-dog household, and you have one dog that is particularly food motivated, there are also lots of skills you're going to need to teach that dog in order to cope with other dogs getting access to reinforcement. And I think just really solid basic manners, a really good understanding of sitting and waiting, a release word, maybe a, a nose touch response to their name. As long as those are solid, I think it's going to make it so much easier to deal with the dog who is too food motivated amongst the other dogs maybe who are not as food motivated. So Bianca, I hope that this was a helpful episode. Thank you so much for your topic suggestion. Everyone, if you have a topic suggestion for a podcast episode, you can go to disorderlydogs.com and you can submit your topic. And if I decide that I want to do an episode on it, I will shout you out and thank you for that. 
Everyone, if you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you have not left a review over on Apple Podcasts, could you pretty please? The more podcast uh, reviews we get, the more amazing dog guardians can get their hands on the knowledge we share in this podcast. Everyone, I have some kick-ass episodes coming at you in the future. I have a panel of other dog trainers. We're going to talk all about what dog training means to us. It's going to be so good. I have an episode coming about socialization with a colleague, which I think is going to blow your mind. And as promised, I have a episode all about the work that I am doing up at the Wolf Sanctuary. So everyone have a beautiful weekend, smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Reactive dog guardians. If your dog lunges, barks, generally loses it. The dogs, people, squirrels, skateboards, we have a free mini course just for you. Head over to agoodfeelingdogtraining.com, click free resource to get started on your reactive dog training journey today. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.